Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spilling Lemonade podcast. I have two very special guests here with me today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Julia. I am 17. I live in Connecticut, and my Instagram is The Life of Balance. I'm Haley. Um, I'm 18. I live in Indiana, and my Instagram is Balanced by Haley. And if you could not tell from the Instagram names, today we're actually talking about finding balance in life and just finding balance in general. So with that being said, you know, grab a snack or something and I hope you enjoy. So to start us off, I kind of just wanted to ask like how, like what led you guys to want to find, like you both have talked a lot on your Instagrams and stuff like about trying to find balance. What drove you to choose like that term or like that? What's, what's important about balance to you? So for me, I kind of look at the word balance as a term that describes like, I see it like it means there's no black and white in the world and living like I'm not going to eat totally one way or I'm not going to exercise totally one way or just live my life in general. And so the word balance for me means having a little bit of everything in my life and not just restricting myself to one type of lifestyle. Yeah, I really like that. I know, like, you had kind of mentioned eating one way. And one thing I think I used to associate a lot, like, okay, if I'm in my eating disorder, I eat this way. Or if I'm in recovery, I eat this way. And, like, I've been really working on finding balance. And what I've been learning is, you know, in recovery, you can eat ice cream and broccoli. Like, you don't just have to eat one certain kind of food or something, just like kind of what you'd said. Yeah, I would say about the same thing that you guys said. I feel like balance for me has just been about like incorporating anything into my life and like especially with intuitive eating um I feel like I've learned that like you said um it's not necessarily like in recovery you have to eat this way and like when you're not like when you're not in recovery you eat a certain way like I've realized that like recovered means I can eat like whatever I want yeah I love that and I think there's like a lot like on social media even that doesn't always show like true balance and things. And I just wanted to like touch to- upon that topic a little bit. How like how has social media impacted both of you? Like pause the good, the bad, the in between and in your journey to balance. I mean, social media is so weird for me because I look at social media as something that played a big role in perpetuating a lot of my current day struggles, but it's also something I've used to help heal myself. So I think when I was younger, maybe 13, 14, and I'd be on Instagram, I would see all these influencers promoting this certain type of lifestyle saying, this is the best type of lifestyle. And it was very rigid. And I believe that was the life I needed to be living. And then, so social media was toxic in that way. But then one of my goals when I created my Instagram was to show you don't need to live one specific way to live a healthy lifestyle. And so it's kind of turned positive. I mean, there's obviously still a lot of toxicity on Instagram, TikTok, any social media, but I believe we all have like the power to curate our feeds to see what we believe is going to best benefit us. I really love that response. I think it's so accurate that you have some control over kind of what you see and also that it can definitely be a toxic place, but also 
like I think both of you are putting such positive information out into the world and are both just so raw and stuff, which really, I know it's helping a lot of people. Um, I definitely agree that like social media can, like a lot of people see it as just like a toxic thing that's like bringing down people's body image and stuff. But I think that it's really up to you to like make it into a positive thing if you want to use it like for good in your life. Um, And I know like you're never going to be completely like immune to seeing like toxic posts. But I feel like the more you surround yourself with that positivity, like the less that negativity will affect you. And I kind of have like the same goal for my Instagram because I feel like a lot of accounts, you know, promote like a rigid like lifestyle of like what health is. But then other accounts are like, oh, if you want to be like healthy and an intuitive eater, like you can never eat like stuff like vegetables and like you shouldn't like exercise or anything like that. And I think like with my account, I've just been trying to promote like a middle ground. Yeah, Haley, you did this one post, I think it was like a week or two ago, talking about how, I don't know if it was talking about like how you can choose the diet culture food, or you could choose like a certain type of food that may be deemed by society as like, oh, they're just trying to be like healthy. And it's all about intention for why you're choosing to eat one way. You know, are you choosing the vegetable to change your body? Or are you choosing the vegetable because you genuinely are craving that vegetable? And for me, I guess balance really means what's your intention between choosing the food you're eating or choosing the exercise you're doing. You know, so I, I just love that post because I feel like it explained it perfectly all about intention. Yeah, thank you. I that was kind of my goal with the post to like, it's just all about like your intentions. And like, I like people have definitely said stuff to me that's like, because I love like vegetables and like that post specifically, I think I I posted like cauliflower gnocchi and people before when I've posted that have like kind of made like shady comments like, oh, you must just be choosing this because it's like a diet option or whatever. But sometimes like that's just what you want. And I think you have to be able to like incorporate stuff like that and like the real thing. Like if you want to, you can. Yeah, I get a not, I would say hate for this, but maybe there's some controversy, but I really believe you can be extremely anti-diet culture, which I am, but still maybe buy diet products, like if you genuinely prefer it. And I think a lot of people might also make the claim, well, I do genuinely prefer it and they actually don't. It's just their brain playing tricks on them. But when you get to a place where you know yourself well enough and you're far along enough in your journey, you can really make that decision. Okay, am I choosing this maybe diet culture food for the right reason? I definitely think intentions, kind of how both of you had said, play a big role in it. And I think one thing is when I first started recovery and I would see people who were like, reading nourishables and stuff, I didn't get it. But the longer I was in recovery, I was like, oh, like in the, yeah, sure. Maybe in the beginning of recovery, you're not going to crave as many vegetables or foods are generally deemed as like healthier than others because you've been, that's all you've been eating. But once you get far enough in recovery, you kind of have like, like yesterday, one of my favorite foods genuinely is like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, especially like roasted in olive oil. And you know, it took me a while to learn, like, recovery is not a competition. It's not about who's going to eat the most donuts. Just, like, it's kind of become a little bit competitive, almost like how um, being in an eating disorder is, like, who eats the least this? It could become who eats the most this. And really, like, balance is just different for everyone. Like, yesterday I ate two crumble cookies. That was balance for me. Some days I don't eat any crumble cookies, and that's balance for me. It's just 
balance looks different on everyone. And I also love what you said about the controversy, because I think there's so much controversy in this kind of recovery that's like incorporates like normal living. Like you're not giving into diet culture, but you're accepting. Like I know there's a lot of people who weight lift in recovery and I actually just started myself. Uh, I wasn't because I tore an ACL, um, but I just got cleared. So I've been rehabbing it. And part of my rehab is weightlifting. And I was so scared to share that I'm going to the gym because I've been going to the gym since sixth grade and I didn't develop my eating disorder until ninth grade. Like I love lifting weights. It's fun. And I think so many people get a lot of hate because it's like, yes, some people use it to manipulate their body and like bodybuilding is a thing, but there's a difference between weightlifting and bodybuilding. And I don't know, like if you guys had any opinions on that, but I definitely think like, as we were talking about controversy that I've been seeing so many posts about that recently. So yeah, no, I have very strong opinions on that because I, on my account, am so careful with what I share for like how I exercise, when I exercise, how many exercises I do, because people could say your exercise is rooted in a desire to change your body or it's coming from a disordered place. But I actually feel very fortunate that during my unhealthy relationship with food, I never really struggled with problems with exercise. So exercise is truly something that just stemmed like during, it started during COVID, I was bored and I'm like, let me do some yoga, you know, <laughs> like, let me try something new. And I just totally fell in love with yoga. And then over the months that like shifted into trying different types of exercises, but I'm still so careful with what I show, like for two reasons. One, I don't want it to lead to comparison, but also two, are people going to think, oh, this girl, like she's just trying to manipulate her body in one way and is like masking her body image issues with exercise, you know? Yeah, I've also, I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, I've also had to like learn that with posting exercise on my account because like in the past, like I'm kind of the same way where like I, like I used to be a gymnast. So I'm very like familiar with like weightlifting and things like that. And so when I was first posting about it, like I, I guess I didn't really like process that like there might be like a problem and then people like that there might be a problem with like sharing that even though it wasn't from an unhealthy place and like some people might have issues with it. So then I started to realize like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be posting like exactly like what exercises I'm doing and stuff because people might compare. But I also then realized that a lot of people would be saying like, oh, you're just doing this, you know, to change your body or whatever. So I'm definitely still working on trying to find like a good way to like share exercise because it is like a part of my life that I enjoy but I also don't want to like cause any negativity with it. I so agree because I do want to share exercise. You know, it's something I love and I believe it's part of my life of balance, you know, exercising, but it is also something I need to figure out. Okay. How do I share it in a way that won't create comparison? I mean, we're humans, no matter what, it's going to cause some comparison in someone, but you know, so it won't cause comparison for the majority or like negative feelings. I love that. And one thing I kind of wanted to add, just for you, those of you listening who don't exercise, not everyone's life of balance includes um, exercise. I mean, I had torn my ACL in October and I took about four months of, I didn't even go on walks. And for me, that was balance. Like that was listening to my body. I could, like I was in pain <laughs> and, or even just, there was like a month or two there where I was just tired. And I was like, I'm not going to go to the gym. Like if I'm tired and 
also realizing though that for a lot of people exercise that is enjoyed and not everyone does the same thing like it's kind of weird when I first started recovery I was playing soccer and I got zero hate and I was doing lots of soccer nobody cared but then now that I'm not even allowed to play soccer yet the only form of exercise I'm allowed to do is very controlled movements in the gym and I've already gotten like I've done it for a week and already people have been like this is a behavior and I'm like I played more soccer, like, just because you're not necessarily one thing my mom always tells me. She's like, before your eating disorder, you liked Captain Crunch, and now you like Fruit Loops. She'll literally be like that. And I'll be like, I, like, through recovery, you try, your taste buds change, like, as you're getting older, but also, like, you learn that, like, maybe I didn't eat as many traditionally healthy foods, but then I ate a bunch during my eating disorder, and I learned, like, oh, like, actually, if you make these taste good... Like they make, I have less headaches and I feel better, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat the Captain Crunch or I'm not going to eat the Fruit Loops. And I think that's just a super important thing to keep in mind and remember. All right. We had a little bit of a connection error, but we are back. Yes. Hi. <laughs> um, so I totally agree with Cammy. like for exercise isn't a part of everyone's life of balance. Like for me, I believe before I struggled with food and body image, like I said, I didn't exercise. And in my opinion, I lived a very balanced life. My exercise is just movement, you know, moving around in my day-to-day -day lifestyle, taking my dogs for walks when I needed to do that. And it's really like exercise is such a personal thing and your everyone's balanced lifestyle is so personal and unique. So even though we're talking about exercise, that doesn't like, we're not implying you need to exercise to live a life of balance. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's like important to note for people listening because like, I remember when I like first started my recovery, I wasn't allowed to exercise for like months and I would see people exercising and they were like doing it in a healthy way and saying that it was like part of their balanced lifestyle. And I assumed that like, Oh, if they could do that, like, why can't I do it too? But at that point it just like, wasn't healthy physically or mentally for me to exercise. So if that's you right now, that's okay. And I also think it's important to not necessarily go into recovery with the expectation that like you're going to start enjoying exercise. Like as you recover, like you might, it might just never like be, for you. And I think it's kind of important to just go into recovery without like expectations that you're going to live like the lifestyle that everyone else is living once you're further in recovery, if that makes sense. I love what you just said. And one thing I really remember is like when I first started recovery, I, everyone always talked about, this kind of relates, everyone always talked about overshoot and also how like in the beginning of recovery, you wouldn't crave this, but you would later on. And I remember thinking like, there was, I don't remember what it was, but there was this once yogurt. I did not, I don't like yogurt for whatever reason. And I remember everyone was eating it and stuff. And I was like, and everyone just kept telling me, no, 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 you're going to, you're going to crave it eventually. Like once you have like, once you don't associate it with your eating disorder, you're going to crave it. And I felt bad because I never craved it. But the truth is that kind of like exercise, you might never crave exercise and you might, you know, you might always like I'm very far into recovery and I still every single day I want dessert. And I used to think I would hear people say like, Oh, eventually in recovery, you're not going to want, like my dietitian would tell me you're not going to want to have dessert every day. Like for me, I do. And that's okay. And for you, you might not want exercise and you might not want it as often as other people. And you might never get to that point. And with overshoot, like 
I used to always expect that I would like lose a little bit more after I like was fully recovered. And that never happened for me. And that's fine. Like really and truly not everyone. Like if you're eating, like if you hear these things, they're not always true for everyone's recovery. Yeah, literally me. I remember people always told me like, oh, when, once you become a true intuitive eater, like you're not going to crave sweets. You're only going to crave vegetables. But then there's me eating my bowl of ice cream every night because before I struggled with food and body image, I had ice cream every single night. And now that I'm healing, I have ice cream every single night. You know, it's my favorite food. It makes my mind and soul happy. So I'm going to eat it. And people could say, oh, eating ice cream every day is unhealthy for you. And sure, maybe it's not the most nutritious thing to put into your body. But like I said, I believe it really does all balance out. And if it's making me feel good mentally, then that is pretty healthy because mental health is just as important as physical health. Yeah, I've had the exact same experience like a lot of people told me that, oh, you're not going to crave like any of these foods, like ice cream or whatever, after you're like further along in recovery. And I still eat like a lot of foods that a lot of people would call unhealthy, like all the time. I mean, I eat dessert every night too. And I mean, that's what I did before my eating disorder. So I think that's just been like a part of recovery for me. And the overshoot thing that you mentioned is also, that was a big part of like recovery for me like I was constantly thinking like oh I'll just like lose this weight after I gain it because it'll be like overshoot and that never happened for me either and like that's okay like that doesn't happen for everyone and going into recovery with the expectation that you're just going to lose weight later like that's still rooted in your disorder and then there was also a thing about like oh like once you like you'll gain weight in your stomach at first but then it'll redistribute which doesn't that also doesn't happen for everyone like I would say that kind of happened for me, but definitely not to the degree that like people kind of made it sound like it would. Um, and so it's just important to like go into recovery without any expectations. I mean, I know that's hard, but to try to minimize expectations as much as possible. Probably the question I get asked on most on Instagram and something you said about the redistribution remind me of this is I'm really bloated. Does bloating go away when you recover? And I always laugh when I get this question because I'm like, you're going to bloat every day if you eat. <laughs> like, like it might not be as painful and as bad, but I still have pretty bad bloating days. So I never really know what to like how to reassure people who ask me that. And I'm like, I mean, you won't like for me, it went down a little bit, but I then realized like I was having really awful bloating. And actually, Julia, this is going to be your time to shine. I did some research on you guys. And there's this thing called the brain gut axis that I got really interested in. I know, Julia, you've done so much research on like the microbiome and the brain gut axis. And I thought I'd just let you take over for this part. Yeah, thank you. Well, first on the whole bloating thing, my best friends and I, the name of our group chat is literally hot girls have stomach issues and they don't struggle with food. You know, bloating, it's a normal part of life, especially if you're a female it's literally human biology. And, you know, you see like on TikTok, like, oh, how to deep bloat in 20 minutes or do this to relieve bloating. But newsflash, bloating is normal. You're going to get bloated. You can either sit there and cry about it or you could realize it's just your human body doing human bodily things, <laughs> you know. So I'm first just want to say that. And then two, yeah, the gut brain axis. Well, I don't really know what aspect I want to go 
like talk about, but I was doing this whole research recently on like how when you're stressed about bloating, it actually can make you more bloated because when you're stressed, you know, your brain um, signals your body to release these chemicals like cortisol. And that basically is like these chemicals that send your body into fight or flight mode. And in that high stress state mode, your body can do pretty like rough things to you like bloat. So I really learned that when I'm bloated, instead of just stressing, like, when is this going to go away? When am I going to be able to live life without being bloated? Instead of like feeling those emotions and just instead of like sitting with the bloat and acknowledging that it's normal, my bloat could naturally decrease a bit. Not to say it's going to go away just because you're accepting it, but you know, it's really crazy the connection between the gut and the brain and don't stress about bloating because it's going to happen and stressing can make it worse. Um, I think that awesome information. Thank you. I don't know if you want to add anything on your experience of bloating, Haley, but. Um. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like that was like a big thing for me too. Like I never suffered with like extreme bloating, but I definitely used to think that like any bloating was like bad and like not normal. And I've had to realize that like literally every person on this planet like gets bloated at some point like it's just a normal thing that happens when you eat and if anything it just is a good thing because it means that your body is like digesting the food and like putting it to use um and yeah I used to feel like really guilty about it and obviously like sometimes it could be uncomfortable but I feel like the more I've progressed in my recovery the more like indifferent I feel towards it because a lot of like the shame that I had around bloating was like oh I just don't want to look like so big or whatever but when I realized that, like, there's so much more interesting things about me than, like, what my body looks like, um, it's been, like, less of an issue. And also, like, when you're bloated, I promise you no one is looking at you and thinking, oh, my God, she's so bloated. Like, if someone's paying attention to that, that's a them problem, not a you problem. That is absolutely. I think something I am spend so much time in my head, like, stressed about. What if like even at school, I get so scared to raise my hand because I'm like, what if everyone's going to like see me and judge me? And one thing I learned is it's really definitely if anyone's judging you a them problem, not a you problem, unless you're doing something like morally wrong. And yeah, I, I think like when you can move, I there's this quote that says like comparison is the thief of happiness. And I always used to love that quote because I think if you're always worried that people are going to compare themselves to you or that you're comparing yourselves to others, you know, you just have to think like everyone's so focused on themselves. They're not really going to be comparing to you, especially like when I go to the beach, I used to get so stressed out about like wearing a swimsuit. But the truth is that unfortunately, most of the women there are stressed out about wearing this and the guys are stressed out about wearing their swimsuit. So I don't really know where I was going with this. I'm just trying to say like, kind of what Julia said, like, it's a them problem, not a you problem. Yeah, I love that, especially like though when you said the beach um, analogy, sometimes when I'm on the street, this is just like something I've learned to do and like it's a therapy technique I've learned, but look around and look at all the different people around you. Everyone has a different body, a different face, different hair and realize we're all such unique individuals 
and I see all these different types of people and all these different people are beautiful in their own way. So what is to say, I mean, this conversation has totally changed from like balance to like, like confidence or love, but like look around at everyone and realize we're all so unique. You know, how can I compare myself to this person when they are totally different than me? I think this kind of does relate to balance in a way, because I like to think about it. Diversity is balanced. And our bodies and our looks and our skin tone and our hair colors, there's so much diversity in the world. And I feel like as a society, we try to pull diversity away from body types. But the truth is that I think the diversity is really beautiful. Like, I don't, I had this realization a couple of weeks ago where I was just like, wow, like, I love how I look when I'm bloated. And that's something I've never thought to myself. But I was like, you know, no one else. And I was at a party and I was like, no one else here is bloated. Like, this is, this makes me unique. Like, and it doesn't really make sense. It took me a long time to get there. But I think I was just looking at everyone and admiring, like not admiring their bodies, but admiring that we're all so different and that, you know, like snowflakes, like, you know, we're all just different. Yeah, I think it's um, important to like appreciate that diversity and appreciate that like your body isn't going to look the same as someone else's. I think something that like, I love the recovery community on Instagram, but I feel like something that is getting better, but has definitely been perpetuated is like that if you, you know, recover and find balance and like eat intuitively, like you're still going to look this certain way. And I think it's just kind of because like people who look a certain way often get like more traction on Instagram. And so then there's that expectation that like, if you, you know, do all this and you recover, like you'll still look this certain way but you might not a lot of people don't and I think that's not always shown like on social media but it's important to recognize I I was gonna say I love what you just said because one thing I always think is and these are kind of controversial but I always see what I eat in a day videos but what disgusts me is when they start with a body check because it implies that like oh like and then they get so much traction because I know when I was struggling, I would look at that. I'm not going to lie. I would look at that person and be like, I could eat like that and look like that. But the truth is that you might not eat like that, like, and look like that. Like, we're all going to look different. And I hate that. Have you ever seen a really positive, like a really big influencer who does what I eat in a days, who doesn't live in a society approved body? Not normally, no, but all these ones who do live in society approved bodies will start with a body check. And I think it just makes people think oh, like, that's kind of like social media. You were saying, like, I, it's okay. Like, when I recover, I'll still be in that kind of body, but it's fine if you recover and you're not. It's actually horrible. You know, you could see a What I Eat in a Day video from someone who lives in a body with thin privilege, and they could be eating a ton of foods that society deems as unhealthy, and all the comments will be like, this is amazing. You're making me feel so much better about my relationship with food. Thank you for showing us what it means to be realistic. But then you could see someone eat, let's say, that exact same diet, and they're in a larger body. All the comments will be like, this is so unhealthy. You won't see any comments that are like, this is making me feel better. And it's just, I really think about this a lot because you guys, I'm sure know about the health at every size movement. And it really is true. Like our weight does not determine our health. Like there's, I know a lot of people will argue with me on that, but there's so much research proving that it is, there can be health at every size. So that's something, I mean, I have my own opinions on what I eat in a day videos, but a lot of really 
makes me upset. Like the contrast in the, like how society reacts to these videos, depending on the creator's body. I love that. And like one thing you said about health at every size, like one example is me and my mom, we eat together all the time. So we're generally eating the same foods. I am someone who happens to live in a thin body and that's my recovered body. I have thin privilege. That's just my genetics. My mom, however, does not. And I don't think calling someone like big or large or fat is a bad word. And she'll like, yes, she's in a bigger body and we eat the same exact and we both eat like very balanced diets. Like we're both very healthy people. When I go to my doctor, I'm, you know, before my eating disorder, <laughs> oh my gosh, you eat so healthy. Like you must be great. My mom who eats the exact same thing would go and they'd be like, you need to get healthier. And I think that just goes to show. And then one other thing I would like to say is, I feel like we've already talked about a lot of controversial things. I would love to hear you guys' opinions on what I eat in a because <laughs> I have some strong opinions on them too. I could go. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have a lot of controversial opinions on a lot of health topics. It's definitely another factor that inspired me to start my Instagram account. I like sharing my opinions. So I think what I eat in a day videos are not my favorite, just because I personally, when I watch them, no matter what, no matter who it's from, I'm going to compare myself. It could be a person with the most amazing relationship with food. And I'll compare myself and say, why don't I have that relationship with food? Or then I could be watching a video where someone eats totally one way, whether it's extremely nutritious foods. And I think, oh, maybe I need to eat more nutritious foods or totally less nutritious foods. Oh, maybe I need to eat more, like less nutritious foods. So for me, they always, always cause comparison. I would say maybe there's select five people that I can watch and I'm like, yes, amazing. But that's like five people out of the thousands of people who create these types of videos. And also I want to say, I'm not hating on you if you make the videos. Like, please understand that. It's just like my personal experience with them. But I do believe there are certain people who have helped so many people with their videos. So I can't attack every single what I eat in a day video. I'm just sharing like my experience with watching them. Yeah, I definitely can like relate to some of that. Like, I feel like so many of them can cause like so much comparison. And it's I'm kind of the same way where it's like, almost all the time, like I'm going to compare myself no matter what. But I also I do feel like seeing like balanced what I eat in a day videos. And like you said, there's maybe like, five people who like post like helpful ones like they're far and few between is that I don't think that's the phrase but whatever but they're like hard to find but I feel like when I do find them they have like helped me a lot just to see like realistic like examples of like what a day can look like because I feel like um on Instagram and in real life it's become so normalized to just like have coffee for breakfast and then have like oh, some snacks and then just like eat dinner and like not really eat like full meals and I think like seeing people eat like a balanced diet and eat full meals and being like, oh, there are like actually other people on the planet who do this, like has been pretty helpful for me. So I, I'll post them like occasionally, um, but I definitely like try to put a lot of thought into it and watch it like over again to make sure like, you know, could this be harmful? And I'm sure, you know, there probably are people who still compare themselves, but like, I hope that they're not like that I can be one of those people. For people like that have helped, oh my gosh, this does not make sense. Like that I can be like those people who've helped me and help other people see that like it is possible to have like a realistic day of eating. I will say though that one of my reels that I posted, those are what I eat in a day. 
I did not intend it as like a body check, but after thinking about it, that is like one of the only ones I've posted that had like my full body in it at the beginning of the video. And that one got like a hundred thousand views, whereas the other ones that I've got that I've posted haven't gotten like anywhere close to that. So I, I think that that is important to be mindful of like not like like I wasn't body checking, but I think it is important to be mindful that the ones that like have body checks or even just like showing your full body at the beginning, like that can be misleading and can get like bad attention, if that makes sense. Nope. But also look at that, you know, the one that had your body in it is the one that got all of the views. And that really just shows like people do compare bodies to what Aina days, you know, it's a very like, it's a really, I mean, it's sad if that like, if it negatively impacted like you, if you felt stressed from that, but it is a cool like data point to realize, oh, when I showed my body, that's the one that got attention. And it's just something I think really interesting to consider. I also think that's very interesting. And I also think like, I, I would never judge anyone. I have like some of my closest friends in the recovery community do what I eat and it is. I just want to put that out there. But I, you know, someone recently had asked me to do one or I get every now and then asked to do them or like, why don't you do them? And I know for me, like, like if I were to do one, which I don't think at this point in my recovery would just, I think, I I feel like it helps feed food obsession a little bit and not all the time. But like when I was really struggling, any food related videos and like you're not going to just avoid food related videos, but like stuff like that really fed not necessarily competitive comparison even, but a lot of like food obsession. But I also know like when I was struggling, like some really helped me like, Haley, I would actually watch yours and it really helped me. And I was like, oh, OK, like I'm not the only one who eats like similarly to me here. But then again, like and like how you had said, like about body you know you weren't like purposely body checking us or I think with a lot of people like there's a big difference between when people are like hi and when they just like straight up are like every day in the mirror like showing their stomach and I just think that it's a really controversial topic because it kind of helps people it puts like I know my mind there's as you guys said like four or five people would really put my mind at ease of like this looks balanced this looks healthy like I this looks realistic and at the same time, I think it could become, for some people, not for everyone, but for some people, if you watch them to an extent, I think it could become, like, if it's your entire For You page on TikTok, you know, it's becoming a bit of an obsessive behavior almost. So that's why I think they're just really controversial. Um, but I think also they can do a lot of good. So it's just kind of a confusing topic to have, like, opinions on, I feel like. Yeah, I do have to say what you said about like not being as interested in them when I started adequately fueling myself, what I eat in a day videos and just other food related videos aren't as interesting to me anymore. Because when you're not properly nourishing yourself, you try to like, what's the word you try to like suppress the hunger through watching food videos and like kind of convincing yourself, oh, I'm eating that food like with my eyes. But when you start nourishing and you realize there's so many other more important things in life, you kind of just scroll past those what I eat in a day videos or other food related videos because frankly, they're just not as interesting to you anymore because food is awesome. It's delicious. It creates memories, but there's also so many other more important things in life. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that too, where like when I was really struggling, I used to like constantly watch like food videos and stuff. I think one of my most embarrassing moments was when like 
I had this one teacher who like would not teach and so everyone would just like sit in his class doing other things um and I would watch like BuzzFeed like tasty videos in his class like all the time because I was so hungry and this one girl like called me out for it she's like Haley why are you always watching food videos in class I was like oh my gosh that's so embarrassing so I definitely like have experienced that too where I was just constantly like looking at recipes like looking at like Yelp and restaurants and like looking at menus like planning out like what I would order if I went there and just like all this crazy stuff but when you get further along in recovery um you just are not that interested in that kind of stuff and I think it's been very like freeing actually like it was exhausting when food was taking up that much of my mind and now I can like actually think about other things and like I typically will just scroll past like food related videos too um, because they just don't interest me as much anymore. And I think it's a great feeling to not have to focus on that all the time. Yes. I feel like not having food obsession is one of the best parts of recovery. And with all that said, we are kind of running like a little bit towards like the end of time for an episode, even though I've enjoyed this so much and I could talk to you both for so long about so many things. I was wondering if you would each want to give like a little closing statement, just anything else that you really wanted to say that you didn't say. Now is like a good time to do that. Hey, I would say for closing, what I want you to take away from this podcast is realize that what balance is to you might not be balanced to someone else. Balance is such a unique thing and don't let anyone else's journey towards their balanced life impact your balanced life really just block everyone else out and like start your journey to finding it on your own um yeah I would say pretty much Julia said it perfectly just like that balance is such an individual thing and it's really about like finding what's best for you and what's healthiest for you and your recovery journey or even just like if you aren't struggling with an ED even if it's just like your journey to like health and like food freedom, like it's not going to look the same as anyone else's. Everyone is different. And balance to me is like a life without comparison and without letting like that comparison influence your choices and just doing what's healthy for you. And for my closing statement, I kind of was just going to say what both of them said and add that along with comparison, I think a big part of a balanced life is trying to not judge others balanced life and not compared to others' balanced life because everyone's balanced life is a little bit different. And with all that said, if you're still listening, thank you. And I really appreciate it. We are, I hope you guys enjoyed our guests as much as I did. I was super honored to have them both on here and see you in the next episode. <laughs>